Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Precision Pro. I think most everybody knows we just finished filming the next season of Tour Sauce in Oregon, and you might have seen the video that we shared of Solly's Hole-in-One at uh, the beautiful Par 3 course there at Bandon Dunes, the Preserve. What the video shows is the swing, the ball bounce into the cup, and the wild celebration that ensued. What it doesn't show is what took place just before that. We used the new NX9 Slope Rangefinder from Precision Pro Golf to shoot the distance and pick the right club. In fact, we used the NX9 Slope throughout our trip in Oregon. It was fast, accurate, and reliable. The C-Suite, Strat Boys, even the NARC DJ, we all trust Precision Pro Golf to get us to the green. Right now, our listeners can receive an extra $20 off the NX9 Slope by using our coupon code TRAPDRAW, all one word, TRAPDRAW. Go to precisionprogolf.com. Use the coupon code TRAPDRAW at checkout for $20 off our favorite rangefinder, the NX9 Slope. Precision Pro Golf is also the only rangefinder company that offers free battery replacement services, so you're not only getting a rangefinder, you're signing up for a lifetime service. Swing with confidence, hit more greens, and maybe even get yourself a hole-in-one with Precision Pro Golf. Now on to today's show. Oh, it's great to be back. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Tron Carter, TC. We're back in Jack's. Uh, long, long weekend. Awesome weekend up at Sweetens for the uh, the NIT Super Regional. Uh, how how are you feeling? I'm so tired. <laughs> like I feel like I, I feel like I need to detox for a week after <laughs> a week at Sweetens. We were there Monday to Monday. Uh, yeah, that's right. We were we were doing a film project uh, for for a few days before the event itself. Uh, that project actually will come out. Oh gosh, next next week, end of next week, end of uh, the month. Right around Ryder, what would have been the Ryder Cup yeah, weekend? Yeah, we, so think, end of September, week after, yeah. So like the thirtieth, basically. Gotcha. Uh, so so people can see that, but yeah, man, that that was. I got home yesterday. Um, yeah, you you flew home. I flew home. <laughs> I it, had to stop in Atlanta and get Freddie. He was staying with my parents. So I I gotta say the flying was it was awesome. I mean, I had to get up at like four forty five uh, Central Time to get to. The Chattanooga Airport. Um, that was a little rough, but getting home around one thirty, I like I took a an hour long nap, like three o'clock. I was just I was out. Um, Went to bed at seven last night. Woke <laughs> up at at nine. So <laughs> that's good though. That's a lot of sleep. I need one more night for, like that. Yeah, yeah. I I need to check my recovery score. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think. Uh, Everybody knows it's U.S. Open week. We're headed to Wingfoot, Long Island. Um, no, no, Wingfoot's not on Long Island. It's not on Long no, Island. It's in Westchester. Maybe we got the wrong cow. God, we. <laughs> oh God, I've. Wait, you thought Wingfoot was on Long Island? Sick. Well, I just assumed it was. Oh. Um. Well, listen, you know, Long Island adjacent. So, where's Winchester County? Winchester. Where where is Westchester. it? Westchester. Oh my God! It's no, uh, it's like north of north of the city. Okay. Up uh, just east of the Hudson. Okay. All right. Um, this is all news to me. That's where um, our guy Polo lives. There's all sorts of Westchester connections. Come on, come on. Maybe our guest does live in in. Hopefully he lives in the Westchester area. I know he grew up in Long Island. If uh, not, it's Trap Draw, New York. Uh, yeah, right? it's close enough. It's Trap Draw, rich-ass suburbs. <laughs> yeah. Do we have any mea culpas from last week? Oh, yeah, we do. Um, I think both of us thought Alpha Tori um, was a Ferrari like sub team. No, I thought they were Red Bull. They are Red Bull, in thank, fact. Thank you. I yes. was so shook by that when you told I, me that last week. Well, no, I think Mark told us. 
Yeah. So we're going to apologize on behalf of Mark. logo and stuff. <laughs> I guess it's a fashion brand. Shame like, on you, Mark. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a Red Bull fashion brand. Uh, so, so they are still the, you know, more or less the Red Bull JV team. And then the only thing, people offered a lot of good guidance with respect to the reverse grid process. Yeah, some guy got in our asses about that <laughs> privately. So like, I'm done listening to you guys butcher this. And all that. I said, this is the first time that, that we've mentioned this. I think Solly mentioned it on the main pod. Yeah, you can't hold us to account for stuff, you know, that, that we've never mentioned. Uh, so, so for folks that, you know, we may have butchered it last week. But anyway, how, how it goes is... You oh god now I got to remember I should have written this all down. They just take the standings. No, I think <laughs> we're, we're gonna butcher it again. We're gonna butcher it. I again. still haven't bothered to Google it. But there's a way where you can't game it. I remember that. I think it's they just take the standings. So they take the standings, and then it's just you know like George Russell and the Haas guys would be out first. Okay, but there's like two races. <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Let's just let's just move on. People can correct us next week. Um, uh, I want to I want to say something to the Canadians, please. I, I have not been on the refuge in a week um, since since you know last Monday. Mm-hmm. They're all over us for um, this provinces versus territories thing. They're saying what? they're they're run differently. Um, I'm I'm you know I'm getting I'm getting lit up by people saying that I disrespected Nunavut. Which is like the second largest electoral district in the world, behind Greenland. I saw it. I saw it, it. It's been around for a little bit. It has. It has. I mentioned it. Like I don't know what I did to disrespect it, but I mentioned it. All I'm saying is get some consistency and some standardization going. Or like, if provinces and territories aren't created equal, then like, what are we even doing here? Mm-hmm. You know. Listen, I don't think anybody's more of a fan of the Canadians than you are. I love. I ride for the Canadians. Yeah, nicest, most passive aggressive people on the planet. <laughs> uh, I'm also getting some barrel fire about saying petrol in the wine instead of just gas. That's what like every every wine class, sommelier, every I don't know. They they say petrol, so I say petrol. It's it's more of a international. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Plus, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's instead of gas can be like natural gas, it can be, you know, um, I don't know. There's all sorts of things that around gas, whereas I think petrol is a very specific smell. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then people were in your ass about the, the Kings. They wanted to hear Sacramento. Yeah, we absolutely did talk. not get to that. But I'm circling back. So I found my guy, Max Lee, on Twitter. Appreciate it, Max. Getting back to the reverse grid. Didn't want to leave this hanging in the air. He says the reverse grid would be used for qualifying and based on, like you said, championship order. So if Lewis Hamilton is in first in the standings, he starts the qualifying race last. And if he finishes that qualifying race in seventh, he would start the real race in seventh. So that way, you know, you like you can't tank. So what there's is no a, manipulating. What does a qualifying race entail? I think instead of the like they it, would, they would probably a much, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, and I'm guessing it wouldn't be quite as long, maybe. Um, but it sounds like, yeah, that that would be Saturday morning. Take the standings, and then that's how they would start the real race on Sunday. Gotcha. Well, the real race, we, we missed it. I got to watch a replay. Sounds like it was absolute sweepstakes. Yeah, big first lap crash. Uh, Twelve people finished. We, yeah, I didn't see. I haven't even seen a replay. I haven't seen any of it, uh, unfortunately. I know. Very bummed to see Albon. I know. Get a podium. Hate to Fluffer. see that. Hate to see that. Uh, hate to see, you know, looks like some of the heavyweights got got taken out. Your boy Lance. Hate to see that. No, know. Uh, Verstappen and Pierre coming off his, off his big week. Um, and then we're absolutely gutted that Georgie finished 11th. <laughs> one spot away from a point. God, Georgie, hang in there. Um, we're, we're thinking of you. Uh, Kimmy, little Kimmy, beat, uh, beat Vettel, right? Yeah. Which, you know, I, I got a mea culpa a couple weeks ago on that. People were saying that I was disrespecting Kimmy Raikkonen, a legend. I wasn't disrespecting Kimmy. I was disrespecting his team, Alfa Romeo. They stink. <laughs> so... 
Uh, yeah, he was in a Ferrari Sando. Um, Lando <laughs> just continues to score points. And uh, Ricardo. Ricardo's starting to find a little form. I heard it was kind of disappointing, though. Oh, really? Ricardo, yeah. Okay. All right. So. Uh, so they're taking a week off, and then we're heading Tron, I know, to one of your favorite areas of the world. We're, we're heading to Mother Russia. Oh, Sochi? Mm-hmm. Oh, love yep. it. Yep. The it's end supposed of- to be kind of a kind of a shit track, though, right? <laughs> probably. If it's anything like like the Olympic venues, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's, it's like falling shitty. apart. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I apologize to everybody. We don't have more nuanced uh, F one takes. I'm still shook by the fact that he, he thought Wingfoot was just out on Long Island. You know, honest to God, I just assume every like big course I've heard of in New York is out on Long Island. Uh, I never, I never even thought a thing about it. What, what other like famous New York courses aren't on Long Island that I would know from you know like Qua- championships? Uh, Quaker Ridge, which is kind of a usga venue they've had other stuff there uh that's right next to Wingfoot. um got yeah sleepy hollow okay that's in westchester area okay uh, north of westchester uh hudson national i know you're of your, course your boy the Foz did that that's up up on the hudson obviously um westchester country club used to have a pga tour event there was uh, that the old, one of the old buicks yes correct okay um yeah like white plains westchester rye okay that's where they all are yeah um can i be really honest for a second please the whole geography of long island manhattan and then like that area north of of new york city i I, like i i know it in the sense that i've looked at a map you know thousands and thousands of times but i still don't really quite understand it like i don't know it well and, and, and yeah, you, I mean, I've never really spent much time up in Westchester. There's Scarsdale Golf Club, which I guess is nice. There's St. Andrews, which I guess one of the original, um, you know, four or five of the that founded the USGA. Then then Jack Nicholas just completely decimated the place. Uh, Fenway is supposed to be really cool. That's up there. Um, the Golf Club of Purchase is up there. So yeah, you know, you got some got some stuff, but the the, the real heat. Other than Wingfoot, I would say is out of Long Island. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, our guest, I, I think he plays all around the area, so I, I think he's going to be quite familiar with Wingfoot, and he can, you know, we'll get his opinion on on what's the best and what's the most overrated. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should have had Neil on too. You know, Neil Neil's <laughs> Neil's beating beating these places up. He, absolutely. He played Camargo yesterday in Cincinnati. He is absolutely America's guest right now. Sleepy Hollow a couple weeks ago. Wingfoot a couple weeks ago. Um, you We're, know, he's got invites all over get, the place the rest he's of the fall. The pipe, swimming the, he's the creek. I think he's creek. going to the creek. Um, uh, national with the full lobster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Asking for a south side out in the halfway house. You don't do that. <laughs> Such a faux pas. He got he got he got coveted out at. Uh, Fishers, Fishers, uh, they closed the club down the week before he was he was set to go out there. Oh my! He's a bad guy. He might be a bad or sick guy. Well, uh, NFL kicked off this weekend. I, you know what? First time ever. I I didn't watch a single play. I'm not protesting. <laughs> I just didn't watch any. I was busy. Yeah, um, I I'm the same. I didn't see a single. I didn't see a single down either. Even those Monday night games last night. Um, hey, hated to see the Bengals watch. lose. Apparently, there was a terrible offensive PI call against AJ. Really? In the end zone, uh, like 10 seconds left. Would have won in the game. How did Burrow look? He had his bright spots, but, you know, I, I, I'm actually quite confident in Burrow. Yeah, I think, I think I'll be fine. Total the weak Burrow. link, though, is the, the, they got Randy Bullock. The kicker, the fat yeah. kicker, and he shanked the game tying field goal after the offensive PI call. <laughs> Who are they I playing? Understand. Uh, they played the Chargers. Uh, I mean, I mean, the Chargers are freed up now that they don't have Mulva. I know. Uh, and then, it, all right, I want to talk about the Jags. Okay, p- please. Jags just, you know, beat the shit out of the Colts. Did they? I'm t- they rocked them. They rocked them, baby. No, I mean, it, like, it was it was a close game, but. 
Everybody's counting the Jags out. I'm kind of pissed they, they won too because they're, they're. I think they're, the Jags front office tank. wanted to count yeah. the Jags out. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I saw yesterday somebody tweeted like Minshew is who Baker Mayfield was supposed to be. Mm. He's kind of playing like that. Mm. I, I was watching the local news last night. That's what that's what they they like read a tweet on that. Uh, how was how was looks like Philip Rivers was kind of doing Philip Rivers things. Yeah. Lots of yards. Uh, Coming up just short. Uh, Giants. We should probably talk Giants and Jets. Okay. Since we're in New York here this week. Uh, Giants. My, my man Darius Slayton. He was one of my keeper picks this year. People were scratching their heads at that one. Two touchdowns last night. How about that? In a losing effort, though. Yeah. Oh, how about Big Ben back? He, he is, I, I don't know. He just doesn't age that much. I, I'd heard rumors that Juju, my brother Juju, Juju Smith Schuster slash Carter, he uh, he was gonna get, you know he he's I don't know if he's in a contract year or what, but that that they're not all that interested in re-signing him. They got Claypool, they've got Deontay Johnson, they've got James Washington. Uh, James Washington's a fluffer. I don't know. Either way, Juju had two touchdowns last night. I I like Juju. He can play for me. He's still Uh, like twenty three too. He's still stupid young. Uh, I don't get Daniel Jones. I, I've never gotten Daniel Jones. You can you can take that all away. Uh, Saquon had 15 carries for six yards, which is pretty cool. And then the Jets continue to be the Jets. I know it's a tough loss for your boy Adam Gase. I know I know he's one of your favorite coaches. Yeah, what a disaster, huh? But another guy, Sam Darnold, not. This has just never done it for me. Le- Le'Veon. Labia. The Labia. The they continue to, you know, he might as well not exist in that offense. Her- so, Herndon's my guy. He had a fumble, though. So, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bengals-Browns Thursday night, <laughs> prime time this week. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, if, if you need to watch some shitty Ohio football, uh, make sure you tune into that one. Can we talk Tour de France? I haven't, I haven't watched. Please. I haven't watched it in a week. I got to, I got to strap back in. Where are we? We're, uh, it's, it's, it's week three. So we're getting down to it. Yeah, last and final week here. Um, yeah, I don't even know who's, who's up there on the GC and everything. We gotta, we gotta catch back up here. Oh my gosh, Promos Roglic. <laughs> Sam, Sam Bennett's got the green jersey. The Slovenian phenom. Has the white jersey. Uh, we are. I think we're up in the. I think we're up in the Alps now. It's no joke when you get up to the Alps. Yeah, let's see on the map here. Um, they are. Yeah, they're in the Isseri is department. Yeah, just a, just a tricky mountain stage. So. So so we're going Roglic. Then it looks like uh, how, how do we, how are we pronouncing his name? Your boy, the uh, the Slovenian, the Slovenian phenom. I don't know, po- 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 Podokar. Po- yeah, Podokar, Pogokar. And then a uh, a Colombian, but it's not Quintano. It's no, it's Rigoberto uh, Aran. It's or is he Venezuelan? Hold on, what flag yeah, is yeah, that? Yeah. Who could say? See here. No, that's, that's that, Colombian. That's Colombia. Yeah, two actually back to back Colombians. Um, it looks like it's kind of anybody's tour right now. Um, this so the. Uh, Pogacar, the guy from Slovenia who's on the UAE team, team, team Emirates, he's like, he's so young. He's never really raced in like a, like a, or finished like a grand race before. So this is like, this is it, man. And he, they're, they, they've thrown him right into the fire and he's, and he's doing it. Um, yeah, Nairo Quintana back in ninth, he's kind of, kind of biding his time, but he's, he's, you know, a good five minutes behind. And then, uh, Egon Bernal. Is uh is about eight minutes behind. So, okay. Sepp Kuss, the um, you know the great great American hope, he is thirty four minutes behind. It drops off pretty quickly. Fourteenth is nine minutes behind, and then fifteenth is uh thirty two minutes behind. So, so so really, it's yeah, it, it's looking to be about what eight nine ten guys that that have a look. It it could be a Slovenian double though, right? Or or it could be like a Colombian triple if if things break right. Yeah. Uh, so, but Michael Landa, the Spanish dude's right in there. 
I, I got to get back in the tour this I know, week. I know. I'm going to wake up and wait between F1 and tour. Just watch all the little, you know, 30 minute highlight mm. shows, basically get myself back up to it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think they've gotten, it's been pretty smooth as far as COVID goes. They haven't Seems, had to shut down the tour or anything like that. No, and I think at this stage, if there's an outbreak, they're calling it. So this Really? Is, they yeah. completely call it? Yeah, after the 10th stage, they're they're calling it. So this is where, you know, maybe a team you gotta watch the sabotages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Team, team, team Jumbo Visma. <laughs> um all right. Anything else we need to hit before we uh, before we get to today, today's guest? Should we should we talk about who we efforted? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think you know our, our first call was uh, was to Governor Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously he was a little busy. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he has anything to do with Westchester. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, definitely definitely efforted him now. Um, gosh, who else did we effort? Uh, Washington Irving, the famous novelist. Of course, we efforted him. You know, obviously, he couldn't. He he couldn't join. Couldn't join. Um, Bill Bill Ackman. See, finance guy, financier. Yeah, you know, weren't able to get him on. Michael Breed, the breeder. Got out him. Yeah, why didn't he didn't return our call? Didn't return our call. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Um, gosh, who else? Who else we got from 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 Westchester area here? Kind of slim pickings. I thought it was going to be a lot more interesting. Um, golly, this is this is a tough scene. <laughs> Ian Rappaport. Oh yeah, the, the NFL Network. We could have talked football with him. Exactly. Mm. Um, gosh, all right. We need we need one more here. Nobody else. There's no there's nobody else interesting from from that area in the history. I mean, listen. I'm not. I'm not seeing a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm. A, I'm a Art Monk. <laughs> Art Monk would be great to talk to. Um, I wish he would have. Uh, we just we couldn't find his number. Yeah, that's really a hit, man. There's like unbelievable. We got nobody. Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz, from Westchester County. That's that. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Yeah. Okay, well, who we did talk to, and he may not have even... Elton Brand, too, another basketball Oh, player. gosh. Uh, we uh, we tracked down a, a fellow alumnus, Miami University, Oxford, not, Ohio. Not Big Ben. Not Big Ben. Uh, probably the, the second, in, in current culture, the second most famous uh, Miami athletics. Adam Silver. Oh my gosh, he would have Could been have the best. Could have gotten the commission. Oh, I miss the commission. <laughs> we miss the commission. Um, we're talking to Wally Zerbiak. Yeah, my it's Wally's world. This is this is a big day for me. Wally was my uh, my basketball hero growing up. Of course, played at Miami. Uh, his senior year led him to the Sweet Sixteen. Went on, played for the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Seattle SuperSonics. Cleveland Cavaliers enjoyed, uh, oh gosh, about a decade-long career in the NBA, made an all-star team, and now uh, does a lot of broadcast work. I know he works with CBS Sports. Um, he, he calls and does um, studio shows for, for college basketball, and he plays a ton of golf in and around Long Island, New York, and maybe Westchester County. Which, hopefully Westchester. <laughs> hopefully Westchester County, which we'll have to ask him. So... That's our guest. We'll we'll toss it uh, now to our uh, our conversation with Wally Zerbiak. Before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our other sponsor for today's episode. That is DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook has brought their expertise to legal sports betting here in the United States. It's a legitimate sportsbook, uh, so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. It's America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and reliable. Uh, You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. In addition to, obviously, the U.S. Open going on this week, Tron, I know the NBA playoffs are heating up. A couple games, or one game seven tonight uh, before we get to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. What game sevens? The Clippers and the Nuggets. Uh, And the the Rockets are out? The Rockets are out. Thank gosh. Um, I'm not not a hardened guy. Yeah, and uh, you know, 
There is Major League Baseball going on. Of course, the NFL has started back up. You have college football. So tons of stuff going on at uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Listeners right now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code NLU when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code NLU when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or for our friends in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And now on to our conversation with Wally Zerbiak. What's going on? Hey, Wally. How you doing? Really good, really good. How are you today? I'm very well. Doing great. Getting ready for a little Garden City Men's Club at 12 o'clock. So, all good. Can't so, wait. Yeah, yeah. Just another uh, just another tough day for you, huh? Oh, it's been a good run golf-wise. There's nothing else to do with coronavirus. So, yeah. played in the Liberty National member guest last weekend. It was great. And, uh, you know, now we got... Uh, Good week this week. I got Garden City today, and then uh, National tomorrow, and uh, Thursday, and then up to Old Sandwich in Plymouth, Mass for the weekend. Gosh, <laughs> what a what a week! Well, yeah, you know, hey, that's what it's like on Long Island on the PLT. Great golf courses out here. The well, best. Yeah, well, the PLT. What what I what is the PLT? Professional Leisure Tour. <laughs> are are you the are you the creator and the commissioner of the PLT? Absolutely. We got visors, T-shirts. We got a cool logo with a guy Duffnering under a palm tree. You know, like uh, like Duffner when he was just sitting there with his head down, just chilling. <laughs> Remember that old viral thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. We got going, and uh, it's, it's just a good group that we play with all the time. All members of Cool Forces, so we kind of bounce around and, you know, bring each other to our home spots. And, uh, you know, just it's been a good summer with coronavirus. There's not much else, else to do, you know, to socialize. And golf is the safest way to do it. What's uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's your home course? I'm playing at Meadowbrook on Long Island, and also Huntington Country Club. It's like right across the street from my house, so those are my two, those are my two uh, home courses. Okay, all right. Um, what I, you know, <laughs> it's not on Long Island. Yeah, yeah. First, yeah. First of all, <laughs> before we get started, we we did a little intro before this, and. Um, my associate here thought that he was convinced that winged foot was on Long Island. That, that shows how much he knows about golf in the New York, New Jersey kind of metro area there. Um, Negative, Ghost Rider. Winged foot's up in Meredith, Westchester. What? Have you, have I, you... take a, I take a boat over there to get there. You just cross the Long Island Sound from Long Island and you go right across the Westchester and Connecticut area up there, and that's right where Winkfoot is. It's right off the water, pretty much five minutes away from the water up there in the Marinette. Well, is that part of the PLT, or is the PLT exclusively on Long Island? No, absolutely. PLT is tri-state area. PLT is uh, venturing out to Plymouth, Massachusetts this weekend, and PLT, you know, could be going to Ohoopy, Georgia, or to Ohoopy down in Georgia in a yeah. couple weeks. Like it's, it's 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 not just Long Island. Long Island's obviously home base. And the home courses, but uh, you know we venture all over the place. It's getting nice down here, man. We're in Jacks, but uh, yeah, a hoopy. It'll be it'll be kind of mid to high seventies here, starting a couple weeks from now. So a hoopy's great. I yeah. love that place. Awesome spot. Well, talk yep. to me. Talk to me about your uh, your passion for golf. When did you pick up the game? Um. Well, it's funny. When I was a kid, obviously, uh, basketball and baseball were kind of, and soccer were my passions. And, you know, I was, I, I played baseball in high school and we had the Huntington Country Club was literally like a driver away from my house, but we never joined because I was always playing other sports. And, you know, my parents really couldn't really afford to join a country club back at the time. So, um, I just always loved the game though. A lot of my friends used to play it. They used to play on the golf team and they used to come in and say, yeah, I shot a 39 and nine holes and I'm getting better, blah, blah, blah. So my brother and I, we started to cut greens on our lawn. We got about three quarters of an acre by our house. So we would lower our lawnmower. We used to mow our lawns when we were kids and we would lower the lawnmower and make these circular greens around the house 
And then we would uh, hit those wiffle balls over the house, around bushes, and we would play little courses. So that's kind of when I got my start. Then in college, you know, when I was out at Miami of Ohio, I became my best friend was uh, was a high school golfer, loved golf, and that's when my passion really just took off. You know, in the off season um, in college, I just started to play around Long Island, started to kind of go to Bethpage Black with my brother and play Bethpage and stuff like that. And then it just kind of took off. And then in the off season with the NBA, there's no better thing to kind of keep active, keep your mind sharp, to stay competitive and not put wear and tear on your body than playing golf. So once I got to the NBA, that's when I really joined a couple country clubs and started playing for real, started competing in my club championships and stuff like that. And ever since the rest is history, I just absolutely love this game. I, I just love how social it is. Gets you out there with your friends, gets you out there with the guys, gets you get some action on the table and gets the competitive juices flowing. And the fact that I can't play basketball anymore because of my knee and my hip, because, um, I got my hip replaced in February, so I'm healthy. I'm back on the course and hitting the ball better than ever and further than ever because of that. I also need my knee replaced. I haven't been able to play hoops since I retired when I was 33. So golf has been like my outlet for competition and kind of hanging with the boys. What, what was your favorite city you played in as far as golf was? Hmm. Probably Boston. Because, uh, you know, I was really friendly with Danny Ainge, Doc Rivers, and uh, the equipment manager, JJ. They were big golfers, so that was kind of like our foursome. And we would play in the in the off season, after the season. You know, we would play all over the Boston area. Minnesota was great. I used to play a uh, great uh, public course, the Wild. Another one, Rush Creek. Uh, I used to play Interlochen and uh, Hazel Team. But you know, once I got to Boston, I was playing with the coaches and everyone, and, and and it was just a lot of fun playing with all those guys. What was your favorite up in Boston? Um. Probably Old Sandwich. I'll yeah. tell you, that place is just as good as it gets. I mean, that's like a friar's head tucked into the woods. Yeah. And it's a special spot. Who, who wins that? Is yourself, Doc Rivers, Danny Ainge, and, and JJ. What's, uh, who wins that match? You know, it was really close. Probably JJ, the equipment manager. I mean, he's a, he's a solid two. Danny Ainge, solid three. You know, back then, I was a solid two, three. And then uh, Doc was, was playing to about a 5-6. So it was a good little four ball we had going. Pretty much not a lot of strokes going around. And uh, But I would say J.J. probably took the cake. He, he's a golf junkie. He started all the fantasy leagues that we were in back then. And he loved the game. And, uh, you know, uh, I would say J.J. used to kind of get us most of the time. He was just so steady. Are you still a 2-3? Or did you drop off with your, with your hip? Um, or or uh, have I'm, you gotten better? Three- I'm a 3.6 index. I'm getting better this summer. You know, the last couple of years have been tough. I've been playing to like a five, you know, six, seven handicap, but this year I'm down to like a, a four, five. So, uh, you know, the hips much better. I'm hitting the ball much better. Short game's getting better. And, uh, I'm just excited when I get my knee done, maybe I can even get better. That's what I love about this game. You know, if you put the work in, you can get better as you get older. So, it's a uh, it's it's a pretty cool cool game as you guys know very well. You guys are doing a great job with the podcast. What's the plan with the knee? You got that coming soon, or I think so. Um, you know, the hip has really given me a lot of uh, you know it's given me life into the knee where it's not you know when you have both kind of failing. You know, it was really painful. The hip was really painful. The knee's just kind of there. It's bone on bone. It doesn't really cause me pain. I got to wear one of those big knee braces. I, I think probably in the next two three years I'll probably get it replaced. You know, that's going to be the time. Uh, you know, I've been hanging on as long as possible, but they want me to wait because I'm only 43 as long as possible. But the time is coming where I'm just going to say enough of this, and uh, I'm just going to go get it done. When you were in Oxford, did you have a preference between Houston Woods and uh, Indian Ridge? You know, Indian Ridge I don't think was there when I was there. So I used to play most of my golf at uh, Houston Woods. And also, what's the one in Indiana? We used to cross the Indiana border. I think it was Brookville or something. Or Yeah. Yeah, it was like some little course over there, Brookville. We used to play over there, too. That was a fun little spot. Um, those were my two two tracks. I, Indian Ridge might have been there, but I thought they, like, redid it in the past, you know, a few years after I graduated, and that's when it really got good. You weren't missing a whole lot. I, th- I thought I was a Houston Woods guy through and through. Oh, Houston Woods is spectacular. Yeah. I, I love that. Place. Especially in the fall with the you know with the leaves changing, that was that was a great spot. Uh, no question. 
for for our audience, how you grew up on Long Island? How did you end up in in Oxford, Ohio, uh, going to school? Do you mind telling that story? Sure. Um, well, you know, my recruiting was interesting. I was kind of a late bloomer, and I was a good high school player. Like I averaged thirty points a game my um, junior year, and then I averaged thirty seven my senior year. But Jesus. you know, I went to a small <laughs> school that was more known for lacrosse, hockey soccer and you know wasn't really a basketball powerhouse and um you know uh a lot of coaches weren't coming to watch me play i never played aau until my junior summer i got hooked up with the long island panthers and that's kind of really where i got out and i got some exposure to be seen by collegiate coaches i went to abcd camp which was really good for me uh you know just to be playing with the best recruits in the country and i just remember sean miller was just uh all you know, he, he was at every game I played in AAU. Every game I played in, you know, at ABCD camp. That obviously the the uh, Redskins at the time had a great staff with Thad Mata, with uh, Jimmy Christian, with um, Charlie Coles, Herb Sendek, and and uh, Sean Miller. I mean, you look at those coaches, what they've become in their careers. You know, Jimmy Christian's up at Boston College. Thad Mata was great at Ohio State. Charlie had a great run after uh, Herb left at Miami, and then Sean Miller's still at Arizona. So uh, there were some really good coaches on that staff, and they just made me feel at home. And I just felt like that was the place I wanted to go. I had I had offers with like more major type schools, you know, uh, in the in the Big Six Conference with North Carolina State and Iowa. You know, they were on my they were on me. Also, St. John's back at the time offered me, but. I just wanted to go somewhere where I was going to enjoy the college experience. You know, I was really focused also on my studies and, um, and I wanted to go somewhere I was going to be developed and I was going to play and have a chance to make the tournament every year. And as, as you guys know, Miami made the tournament the year before I got there and they made it to the second round. So they were competitive in the Mac. It was like kind of the perfect level for me to continue to get better and better and better. And, you know, my decision couldn't have worked out better because I just continued to progress every single year. Thanks to the coaching I got. And then I, I believe did Sendek take off after your freshman year? He did. He went to North Carolina state right after my freshman year. And that's when Charlie Coles took over and, you know, Herb was great. You know, I made the all rookie team, uh, you know, all freshman team, my, my freshman year, but, and it was when Charlie took over that I really flourished because um, he changed a few things. We weren't running the track as much in preseason, and I used to hate running the track. <laughs> I, I would prefer being in the weight room and building explosiveness as opposed to just like a, a long-distance runner. I used to hate that. Um, so Charlie's philosophy was more um, explosive training and strength training uh, with Dan Dalrymple, who had since gone who had since gone to the uh, New Orleans Saints and he was the strength coach for the New Orleans Saints for years after he was our strength coach at Miami when I was there. He was phenomenal, and I owe him a lot of credit for really building my physical tools, um, you know, to, uh, to complement my, my skill level, which at the time as a freshman was pretty good. So that was a huge part of my development. But, um, yeah, he left, and Charlie took over, and then when Charlie took over, he kind of saw what he had in me and Damon and our team, and he kind of got out of the way, and he said, guys, go do your thing. Let's uh, let's let, let's make it to the promised land, and we did. You know, we had we had a bunch of great years under Charlie Cole. When did because uh, I, I just know I, I, at least in in terms of scoring, uh, the big jump was after your sophomore year, going into your junior year, um, and and your father played professionally overseas for a number of years. But but when did you think you? had a future when when did you think uh you know professional basketball was within reach for you you know he was very influential he was my basketball mentor and he was so helpful in my career because he he just you know he was a very humble player too and you know he played uh at gw he was an all-american at george washington and then he played in the aba for the pittsburgh condors he got offered a contract to play in the nba but he turned it down to go play for real madrid in spain and he had a Phenomenal career over there, won three European titles, and is one of the best players ever uh, as far as international basketball over in Europe. So, um, you know, he was very helpful as far as I went. And, uh, you know, he always told me, he's like, you never know what's going to happen. You're, you're, you're one misstep away from never playing basketball again, because it's true. I mean, if you get injured, you got to have something to fall back on. So he was always on me to make sure I kept up with my schoolwork and my studies. And he always just pushed me to enjoy the game, have fun. 
Don't make it like a job. Don't think of, you know, trying to make it a job and trying to make the NBA. Just enjoy your experience with your teammates in college. And, and I just enjoyed the game so much. And things just started to evolve. Things just started to develop. I think the first time I really knew I was probably going to make it was the summer going from my junior year to my senior year because I played on Team USA with the uh, Goodwill Games team that played at Madison Square Garden. And Milton Barnes, the old coach of Eastern Michigan, he told the head of USA Basketball, Jim Beheim, all those guys were kind of running the, uh, the recruiting and the scouting for that team. He's like, you got to invite Wally to the, to the tryout out in Colorado Springs. And I got an invite to the tryout thanks to Milton Barnes, and I made the team. And, you know, Elton Brand and I were the leading scorer that, scorers of that team, and we won the gold medal against, against professional players internationally on Brazil, Lithuania, um, Australia, uh, China, you know, you name it. You know, we, we, we were underdogs, and under Clem Haskins, who was our coach, we won that gold medal. And that, that's kind of where all the NBA scouts were like, okay, this, this mid-major guy from Miami of Ohio, we're a believer now because he did it, you know, with the best players in the country from Duke, you know, with uh, Elton Brand from Arizona, from uh, Utah was Andre Miller. James Posey was on that team from uh, Xavier. So I did it, you know, with the best players around. And they were able to compare me to those guys and be like, okay, looks like Wally's going to be a lottery pick. So that summer is kind of when, um, you know, I kind of got all that national recognition coming into my senior year. I've got a, I got a very specific okay. question. What was it like? I know you were on the, the last Sonics team in Seattle. Yeah. What was that like? One. You know, it was, it was an interesting time in my career because, um, you know, obviously my glory days were in Minnesota. I played seven years with the Timberwolves, made the all-star team, made the Western Conference Finals, made the playoffs every single year. And then it kind of was time where the team was falling off a little bit. KG, KG was looking to kind of get traded, and I was looking to move on and maybe make a move and then take the next step in my career. And I got traded to Boston. Um, and when I got traded to Boston, I was teamed up with Paul Pierce. We had a couple good years. We just missed the playoffs. But then that summer, I was traded for Ray Allen to Seattle. So I went to Seattle. They drafted Kevin Durant. Um, so I played with Kevin Durant his rookie year in Seattle. And I honestly love the city. I love playing there. Um, I was motivated, though, because that team, you know, they had the uh, they were thinking about moving to Oklahoma City. It was that year where they're having problems uh, getting their arena mm-hmm. built and stuff like that with the new owner. So it was kind of inevitable that they were going to move to OKC. So I knew there wasn't much of a future for me there. And I wanted to get traded to a contender and a winner because I was kind of at the end of my career where, where my knee was failing a little bit. It was a little bit of a ticking time bomb. So I had kind of, you know, a short amount of time to kind of win a championship. And I wanted to play my butt off in Seattle. I came off the bench, had one of the best stretches in my career coming off the bench, averaged like 13 points in like 20 minutes. And the Cleveland Cavaliers traded for me. And I ended my career the last two years with LeBron. But those years in Seattle were a lot of fun playing with Kevin Durant his rookie year and kind of resurrecting my career um, with a good stretch of basketball out there before it was the year before they moved to Oklahoma City. You know, getting to see a young LeBron, uh, how would you rank the guys that you were able to play with and against? Is there anybody that compares to LeBron? It's kind of crazy. You went from playing with with like yeah. rookie KD <laughs> yeah. to LeBron. And even Kevin yeah, Garnett, I, you yeah. know, young Kevin Garnett too. Yeah, I, I, had, some, I, had, some Hall of, I had four Hall of Fame teammates. Uh, you know, when you look back, I played with KG, you know, in Minnesota. Then I got traded to Boston, played with Paul Pierce in Boston, then got traded to Seattle, played with KD in Seattle, and then with LeBron in, uh, in, in the, uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But LeBron was the best. I mean, it wasn't even close. You could just tell his physical tools, his talents, the way he could take over a game. That last year in the league, 2008-2009, we won 66 games. We were dominating the NBA. We won the first two rounds of the playoffs, 4-0-4-0. And then we kind of stumbled against Orlando in the first game because we—I just believe it was—we were resting too long. I mean, we had two weeks off waiting for the Orlando Celtics series to end. In that first game, we came out flat. We lost the first game at home, and then home court kind of held serve the rest of the series, and we lost in six against the Magic. Uh, but we should have been in the finals that year. It would have been a Kobe Lebron final. It would have been epic, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate we couldn't get there. Who do you follow uh, these days? Are, are you partial to any certain players or or uh, or teams? Even I, I, I ask that. Um, you know, we got a game seven tonight in the Western Conference, and then I, I think a couple of good 
conference finals matchups ahead of us. Are, are there are there players or teams that you're drawn to? Well, I work for the Knicks um, and, and Madison Square Garden Network, MSG. So I call games. I call 20 games for the Knicks. Um, I also do the pre, the post game, the halftime. I've been doing that for uh, nine years since I retired because uh, I live in New York. So that kind of keeps me in the game. I get to follow the NBA. I also do the stuff with CBS. Um, you know, I work the NCAA tournament, work the whole entire regular season for CBS Sports Network, and then the Final Four I go to every single year. So on TV, doing studio work and stuff, I kind of cover the NBA and CBS in both those regards. But as far as this year, the NBA goes, I, I'm just a huge fan. I love Michael Malone and what he's doing with the Denver Nuggets because he was an assistant coach with me in Cleveland. So he's kind of dear to my heart. Obviously, Doc Rivers. Um, you know, he coached me in Boston. He's maybe my favorite coach that I played for throughout my NBA career. Just a, just an amazing guy, an amazing coach, an amazing friend. Um, so that game is going to be a lot of fun for me to tune in. A game seven is always special tonight. And then, you know, I still got the Celtics alive. So, you know, uh, I, I always root for the green, you know, having played there for two years. I still am very close to Danny Ainge and Doc Rivers, play golf with those guys once in a while. So, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm pulling for the Celtics uh, in this series, uh, you know, in the Eastern Conference Final. Who do you have winning the U.S. Open then? Let's let's transition to golf. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, you know, I am buddies with a couple golfers because, uh, you know, through um, some of my friends that I've gotten to know and play with, I've gotten friendly with Keegan Bradley, played with Dustin Johnson, you know, so uh, I kind of always lean towards just Dustin Johnson. I like Dustin a lot. You know, I'd like to see him, um, you know, get another major. Uh, he's been playing such good golf this year. I think Wingfoot sets up really well for him. It's going to be really fun for me to watch this tournament because I play Wingfoot probably two, three times a year. I play with Mike Green. He's the uh, voice of the NBA, obviously. He's a member up there. Um, got a couple other buddies in the tri-state area that are members at Wingfoot. So I get a chance to play that course a lot. So there's nothing like watching the pros play a course that you play when you're a Joe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just a lot of fun to see them playing the holes that you know and you can remember, oh, I've already got par five, and there's uh, and there's uh, Brooks Kepka making a bogey. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing to watch sometimes. So uh, I'm excited for this U.S. Open tournament. Uh, I, I know the superintendent very well, uh, Brian Rabideau. He's done a tremendous job getting that course ready. They've made great changes uh, to that course, and it's going to be in mint condition because the weather's going to be absolutely perfect. It's going to be fun to watch this weekend. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a proper U.S. Open. You know, yeah, just right. over par. I, I was going to say is, yeah, do you think the, you know, we're starting to read and hear reports of, of the rough length and, and the carnage ahead. Do you think it will be, uh, you know, three, four, five over that wins it? I heard the rough. My buddy who's up there, another superintendent on Long Island, who's uh, one of the best in the business. He showed me a video of a ball literally missing the second cut by two inches and just going to a bottom to the bottom of a hole and you can't even see it. I mean, it is ridiculous what they are doing with that rough and it's gonna be very interesting to see uh, how guys like DJ and the bombers handle it because you gotta hit the ball straight, you gotta hit those fairways. Uh, the weather up here, I can feel it. It's starting to firm up, it's starting to get cool. It's the perfect time of year up here on the east coast. You know, to really get your golf course firm and fast. So, boy, it's going to be playing really, really tough. Uh, favorite hole out there? Probably, let me think. Hmm, that's a great question. You know what? I think, I forget the number. I think it might be like number one, two, three, five. I think it's number six or seven. It's that short little par three, little uphill. You kind of hit a nine iron. The, the green's like up on a stage. And uh, it's it's just a great little par three, and I, I, those are holes that I always remember. Great par threes, so uh, I really just love that hole. If you hit a good shot, you're going to make a birdie. But if you hit, hit a bad shot, you're going to make a double bogey. And I love those kind of holes. Where does where does Wingfoot rank? Uh, if 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 you had to you know create a top five rota for the PLT, where does where does Wingfoot rank? Um, and, and don't feel obligated to rank it at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know some of the members aren't going to like me for it, but it wouldn't be in it, honestly. Hell, uh, hell yeah, <laughs> love that. Let's <laughs> chop it up a little bit here. 
No, I, 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 and believe me, it's in the top ten. So, <laughs> but you know, you compare it to courses like Shinnecock, Briar's Head. One of my favorites is up at uh, Cabot Links. Um, Cabot Cliffs is my favorite course of all time I've ever played, probably. You know, and you got to throw Pine Valley in there and Oakmont. You know, that's probably my top five. You know, it's, 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 it's not a slight for Wingfoot not to be in that top five. I mean, that's a pretty good top five, if you ask me. But uh, Wingfoot's definitely in the top ten. You sound like a Corin Crenshaw fanboy between uh, old, old Sandwich, <laughs> Cabot Cliffs, and uh, Friars. Favorite designer, it's not even close. Okay. I mean, those guys just make golf so special. And also, Bandon Trails is my favorite one out of Bandon. So good, man. Have you <laughs> played Sand Hills? I have not, and I heard it's special. So, uh, you know, I, I just love their design. I think, you know, the way they, the, the, the way, the way holes shape up when you stand up there on the, on the, uh, on the tee. It's just every hole's different, every hole's memorable. It's just, uh, they're just the best designers in my mind. The Sheep Ranch was cool, too. We, we played that uh, about about two months ago now, a month and a half ago. Where's that? That's that's the new one out of Bandon. They they. Oh really? They have another one. Yeah, out of yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no bunkers. It's just oh, uh, they, so they carved out all the little spots for bunkers, but there's no sand in them. It's cool. It's probably wow. the, the yeah the 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 most views and and the best the most consistent best views of the of the ocean too. It's it's right along the cliff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because Bandon Trails is my favorite. Just said the golf course. That thing was just epic. Yeah, and yeah. it has no. So now to have a core Crenshaw on the cliff. Yeah, I got to get back out there and check it out. All right, what do you think of number fourteen on trails? <laughs> you know, there's the it's short, the, there's, the short little par four down the hill. Oh, I love that hole. <laughs> I made birdie. You know, I, I <laughs> hit the ball great that day. I played great. You know, I haven't, I played it back in like 2013. So, okay. you know, I don't remember all the holes, but that's the one I remember. And, uh, you know, I love it. That thing, when you stand up on that tee, it's, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of like a downhill, like you kind of see the whole entire hole and yeah. feel like mm-hmm. you're know, the, the course. Yeah. green. I think I missed the green a little left. I chipped it up there and made a birdie. So I love that. Love that hole. Good for you. That one's wrecked more rounds, I think. And then between that and then the, um, Gosh, what's the seven, 17, 16 and 17 at Cliffs? Yeah. 17 at Cliffs is, I mean, I hit like a three wood. I had no idea where I was hitting it. The caddy told me, hit it at the rock up there. <laughs> and it ended up on the green, like 15 feet from the hole. Apparently, and the other time I played it, like I kind of, you know, hit my, it was into the wind. So I had like an 80 foot, an 80 yard shot. And the caddy's like, yeah, hit it over cut it over here to the left and you're going to end up 10 feet from the hole. And lo and behold, I went around that bunker around, around the green and ended up 10 feet from the hole. That's such a cool golf hole. Um, I'm just looking on here at uh, Huntington country club. Really cool spot. Looks, looks awesome. Oh, Devro Emmett. We have like the best membership in the country. It's a short little pitch and putt. I call it. We can play, you know, we can play, 18 holes in two and a half hours with my boys who can, who are good golfers with carts. We zip around there. We have great men's league, great member guests. You know, that's my home away from home. It's like my little safe haven. It's, it's just a fun little track. So going, going, all right. So I, I think I've spent a little bit of time on long Island, but it's kind of a blind spot for me just as far as I'm always, you know, always just going straight to the course or whatever. Where does, um, where does cold spring Harbor kind of fit into the, the, the uh you know context of long island as far as it's it's about an hour from the city an hour from the hamptons it's right in the middle and it's on the north shore right by the water and is it in is it is it most you know is it people commuting into the city or yeah just kind of self-contained okay okay yeah it's 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 a big city contingent um it's an hour train ride when you get on the long island railroad straight to Penn Station. So a bunch of the kids in my school, my kids' school and stuff, were all working, um, you know, in the city, uh, somewhere in the city, taking the train and commuting in, you know, during the work week, and then they're playing golf on the weekend. Uh, you have some famous alum, alumni from uh, Cold Spring Harbor High School. Who's that? B- besides yourself. Uh, well, James Dolan, I see, is a, yeah. is a Cold Spring alum. Um, Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Uh, Another one is Jake Albert, who uh, was one of the greatest lacrosse players of all time. 
He had a great lacrosse career. He played at Virginia. Yeah, that's right. Lindsey Lohan went there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Meg Whitman, who um, CEO of Hewlett Packard and formerly oh, wow. of eBay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Adrian Larusa, uh, another actress, was from there. And I saw there was a there's a Nobel Prize winner for, uh, from Cold Spring Harbor, but geneticist. Hmm. So. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I don't remember the name, but you are right because the uh, Cold Spring Harbor Lab is a big time, um, you know, uh, gene research and, and, and kind of uh, cancer research lab that does a lot of good work as far as that stuff. So that might be, uh, you know, the connection to that, the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory. So, all right. So going at, going back to, to Long Island. So you are you kind of, you're like maybe another half hour past the creek and piping rock, all that stuff in Locust. Yeah. Okay. Pipe, yeah. Pipe, piping rock. I actually was a member at for two summers back when I was playing, I was doing the summer membership and I almost joined, but instead I ended up just joining Meadowbrook, which is a sister club about five, 10 minutes away. It's like, it's like the three sister clubs, piping Meadowbrook in the Creek. Mm-hmm. So I ended up joining Meadowbrook cause that's kind of all golf and piping and Creek are more family clubs and Huntington's kind of my family club. So I kind of just went with a straight golf club. But exactly, that's right where Huntington is. It's, it's 15 minutes from Piping. It's 15 minutes from Meadowbrook. It's a little further out east on the North Shore. You get out to Fishers at all? I have. I love Fishers. That's like, you know, that's like my favorite that course. That, now that I think about it. Yeah. Well, how, uh, all right. How about not, not top five anywhere? How about just top five like New York Metro? Or golf, just, golf just Long Island, or or just, just Long, Long Island, Island. yeah, yeah. And, and, okay. and and we'll include Fishers in Long Island. So we got it. We got to include the Hamptons then. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Shinnecock, Friars, Fishers, uh, Piping is is just one of my all time favorites. And what is the fifth? If you don't include the um, National, Beth Page Black. <laughs> Beth, I'm playing National tomorrow, but Beth Page Black. You're not including National in your top five. So? You know, I love national, um, but no, I'm not. <laughs> That's another one. Uh, it's just uh, I'll put it in my top ten, but it's it's not. It's just it's not like no. Nah, I don't know. It's just a couple things about it that just uh, I, I love it. I play well there. I don't find it very. I find it very playable and gettable. Uh, it's not the hardest golf course around, but um, you know, I just I just I just feel like those five courses are just uh, a little better. And then Garden City, where does that fit in? I That's know in the top ten for sure. It's Garden City, National, Maidstone, uh, Sabonic, and uh, you know probably Meadowbrook. You know that's probably my top. You know top ten when you go to five to ten, those are probably my top ten on Long Island. No love for the creek then either. <laughs> no, I'm not a huge creek fan either. Um, you know, I, there's there's a lot of good holes. There's a few quirky holes that kind of gets a little weird when you miss the fairway by a foot and you're in a footprint. Yeah. You know, and uh, but the views are spectacular. I mean, as far as views, it doesn't get any better. Some of those holes are as good as they come on Long Island. But uh, no, Creek would not be in my top ten. See, I played played the Creek and Friars in the same day last year, one day, and I actually like the Creek more than Friars. Wow! Yeah, that is hey, each his own. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we well, we got to ask him about grocery stores. Yeah, I think Wally. Yeah. We ask all our guests about grocery stores. Where do you where do you do your shopping? Uh, does BJ's count as the grocery store? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. That's my spot. Okay, uh, I love it. stuff we, in bulk, and uh, you know, getting the deals with all my five kids. So uh, it makes sense to buy in bulk and get all those deals. So BJ's is my is my go to. How old are your kids now? Like, what's the range? 17, 14, 12, 7, and 4. Oh, wow. You got, yeah. That's, that's, you, you got the whole spectrum there. That's right. Three girls, two boys. <laughs> okay. You, you got a basketball team. Yeah, starting five. Are, are any, any athletes? Uh, my daughters are in the horseback riding and cheerleading. Um, we'll see what the little ones get into. They look like they're going to be great athletes, but. You know, I coached them all in, in basketball. The girls were pretty good. Um, they didn't want to play in high school. They wanted to just do their own thing, which is great. But I think it kind of set the framework for them to be competitive and, you know, have the drive to strive and compete. And I love that about them. And I, I'm just proud of whatever they do. I know you're like, you do play by play 
uh, and all the Knicks stuff. But what do you, do you do? You get down to Florida, or you get down to the Southeast in the winter to play it all, just to get out of the cold. This summer, this winter, I'm going to get down because I don't know when the seasons are going to start. So yeah. normally, I don't get down too often. I try to sneak down during the All Star break. I play down at Medalist with a buddy of mine from Huntington Country Club, who's a member at Medalist, and he's in the games with Jordan and Keegan and Dustin Johnson. So that's kind of my connection to those guys. So when I do go down, you know, I play with Jordan in his games, and uh, you know, uh, that's. But honestly, I don't get down to Florida that much. I'm looking forward to this winter having the opportunity to play a lot more, and uh, you know, kind of see some different tracks. And then I got to ask you, Knicks wise, are they are they on the road to recovery? Are on the, are they on the right track? You, you, you think with Leon Rose and, so. and uh, Tibbs so. and all that? I hope so. It's been a long road. The first year I got the job was 2013. It's the year they made the playoffs with Melo and, and Rasheed Wallace and all those guys, and they made the second round of the playoffs, won 54 games. Ever since then, they haven't made the playoffs, and it's been really rough, rough sledding. So uh, I think they've done the right thing, hiring Tom Thibodeau, Leon Rose, and a great a great assistant coaching staff. And the problem is they only have six, seven guys on the roster, and they're all young and inexperienced. So they need to fill out that roster with some uh, some some serious NBA talent and veterans. Uh, they have the money to spend. Uh, it's just a matter of getting guys who want to come to the world's most famous arena and play at the Garden. I was going to ask you, Wally, how do we fix Miami basketball? <laughs> That's, that's a great question. That's too. what's killing me. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It really is. And, you know, you look at the dominance that Miami basketball had every year. You know, you go 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and then all of a sudden it's just been a real struggle, um, you know, for, for, for a lot of years. It's, it's, it's tough. You know, it's a little disappointing. It's not easy in the match. Uh, great coaches that, are, uh, that, that, that really know the game. So, um I don't know. I just hope that the Miami can figure out a way to get back to prominence and, uh, you know, make some things happen. Because uh, I'm always keeping a close eye on them. Working in college basketball, we have their games on our air on CBS Sports Network. So it would be great to see them back in the NCAA tournament and uh, create some havoc on the national stage. There was a guy when we were there, Michael Bramos. I love yeah. watching him. And, and he, he was good. He, he, he kind of had a similar game to you, you know, just kind yeah. of a, you know, swingman, just could fill it up from everywhere. I, I don't know if he's still playing, but I know he went overseas. Yeah, he he had, you know, he, he found some success for sure uh, over Randy, in Europe. Randy, I'll, I'll ask you this. What was your favorite? Because you went to Wally's game growing up. I, yeah, I did. Like, at Millette, what was your kind of resounding memory? Which uh, game? That's easy. And I, I, I mean, Wally will definitely remember it. But the one that stands out is the Tennessee game. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, if anybody knows Millette Hall, I um, I was in the horseshoe section, uh, which now, you know, it's been blocked off for like a decade. They don't even sell seats there. But I was, you know, in the top rows of, of the horseshoe section watching uh, Wally and Miami defeat uh, a, a ranked Tennessee team. That was, that was very cool. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Some of your battles with uh, – I, I love the Xavier and Dayton games. Again, I <laughs> – I could go for like two hours now about you know I'm like Miami doesn't even schedule home and homes with Xavier and Dayton anymore. They really yeah yeah. That's a shame. That's oh. a shame. I, I remember I think you had uh, forty one at Dayton in a double overtime yeah. game. Yeah, that was my junior year. That was a huge win for us. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was. Uh, yeah, I, I'm like eight, seven, eight years younger than you. So when Wally, when you were in school at Miami, I was kind of in that, you know, sixth, seventh grade, and uh, we, I was a big Miami basketball fan. Um, and and I know a, a common friend of ours, Mike Ensminger, was yeah. was an AAU yeah. coach of mine when I was growing up. So you know, Mike, awesome. Mike, Mike was just the best dude ever, uh, and and I loved going up. He he was, you know, th- those were great teams. So. And then I was at the uh, your, your final game for Miami. I was at the Sweet 16 game against Kentucky uh, out, yeah. out in St. Louis. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Mike's the man. You know, I love Mike. We're still really close. You know, we see each other a lot. He's up in Columbus up there. So uh, we see each other a lot. We've kept in touch. He's probably the teammate I've kept in close touch with. Uh, you know, we get a chance to play some golf once a summer when I get out to Miami area and out to Ohio and, 
Well, awesome. Um, I know you, you have a tea time uh, at Garden City today, so so we'll let you go, Wally. But thank you so much for for joining, and uh, we'll, we'll maybe maybe Tron and I could get on uh, the PLT, you know, tea sheet one of these days. Or if, if you're down around Jacksonville this winter, uh, hit us up, and uh, we'll we'll take you out here. You got it. You got my number now, so hit me up when you're in the air. I'd love to meet up. Okay, awesome. Uh, thanks for the time. Thanks, Wally. Uh, yeah, and enjoy the U.S. Open this week. I can't wait. <laughs> so, so much fun. Enjoy. Okay. All right. All right. See, See ya. Thanks. See ya. I told him, straight drop this and zip lock that. Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who 